Settle back into the awareness of your body posture. Simply know that you're sitting. Connect with the feeling of each breath as it comes in its own time. You might feel it at the nose, the air passing. You might feel the movement of the chest or abdomen. Simply breathe and know you're breathing. without forcing or rushing it. When sounds appear, know that you're hearing. Notice how spontaneously each sound is known in the very moment that it appears. If different bodily sensations become predominant and call your attention away from the primary object of the sitting posture or the breath, open to the feeling of those sensations. You can know and notice what particular kind of sensation it is, burning, twisting, pressure, vibration, and know and notice how it changes. When it's no longer predominant, return to the breath. And stay alert for the arising of any object of mind. Might be thoughts. You could make the simple note of thinking. It might be particularly repetitive patterns of thought, different tapes in the mind. Family tape, work tape, relationship tape. Do you recognize the pattern? Give it a specific note as a support for not getting lost or identified with it.
Or you can simply know that you're thinking. And that's sufficient. And if any mind state or emotion should become predominant, might be one of the hindrances, sleepiness or desire or anger, impatience, might be states of peace or calm or concentration. Know that those states of mind have appeared. Can be helpful to make a soft note. Seeing the mind states also as arising and passing away. It's all a passing show. And today we'll highlight one particular factor of mind. This will complete the instructions. That is the awareness of intention in the mind. Call it intention or volition. It's a subtle object which plays a very critical role. Before any obvious movement of the body, notice the intention in the mind that initiates the movement. The body by itself doesn't move. There's a volition or an intention as a cause. And then the movement follows as an effect. Sometimes you might feel the intention as a particular thought in the mind, I'm going to do this. Sometimes you might feel it not as a thought or words, but just that energetic welling up, the gathering of the energy that initiates the action. You might feel it on an energetic level. You might also be aware of it simply as the knowing that you're about to do something. Pre-verbal, you may not feel it in the body, but there's a knowing, what could be called the about-to moment. About to shift, about to reach, about to stand. Intentions arise countless times during the day. So no need to try to catch every single one of them. But see if you can begin to practice knowing the more predominant ones, the ones before predominant movement. Awareness of intention illuminates some important 
understandings in the Dharma. One, it develops the insight into the cause and effect relationship between mind and body. Intention arises, body moves. Or we might feel a certain bodily sensation as the cause. And the intention to move arises because of that. Then intention is the result. Intention then in turn becomes the cause for the movement. So we see our whole day, our whole life, as an unfolding of this cause and effect relationship back and forth. The more clearly we see this, the deeper insight we have into the selfless nature of this process. Intention is often one of the last elements that we identify with as being self, as being I. I'm the one that's choosing. I'm the one that's intending. The more you notice intention arising in the mind, the more clearly you see that it too is just another conditioned part of the process, arising out of its own causes. See if you can bring the quality of interest and investigation to the awareness of intention. Not making it a burden, rather making it a process of discovery. Things get too confusing, you're not sure what to attend to, too much is happening. Always come back to the body, to the breath. Sit and know you're sitting. Breathe and know you're breathing. And everything will follow from that. <coughs> when you hear the bell, be aware just of the hearing, the vibration of sound. Note the intention before shifting position, that moment of about to, and be with the shifting or the change. Keeping that same careful continuity of knowing, of mindfulness.
any questions about working with intention or other parts of the practice? Could I say something about the knowing <laughs> and the lightness of it and the uh, something like that? <laughs> right? One of the arenas that uh, illuminates the effortless quality of knowing very clearly and then can be extrapolated to all other experiences uh, is with sound. Because when you're sitting and a sound appears, do you need to make any effort to know that sound? Probably not. I mean, you're just sitting and all of a sudden the sound appears and spontaneously the sound is known in the very moment of its arising. And there's no, there's no additional effort or going to or even investigation that's necessary at that point. So in that, that was on cue. So we can really, um, can say connect with or settle back into that space of effortless awareness. Why? Because the nature of consciousness itself is to know. So it's not like we have to do something to create the knowing out of the mind. That is the very nature of consciousness. If we can settle back and simply be in that receptive mode, sound appears, sensation appears, the breath, the sensations of the breath appear in exactly the same spontaneous way and when the mind is undistracted, the knowing arises quite spontaneously. And so we really get that sense of the effortlessness. Our job is to simply show up. It's just to be present, which is not such an easy job. You know, because we see how often we get distracted, but it's not coming back to create something. It's coming back into the nature of consciousness itself. So that I hope didn't confuse you more.
But after you come back, when you realize you've been gone, you've come back and you kind of take that somewhat exaggerated breath, then does the breath find its own rhythm after that moment or does the control seem to continue? Yeah, I, it's, I don't see that as a real problem. Uh, you could almost think of it as the startle of wakefulness. <laughs> you know, it's like you've been sleeping and then somebody wakes you up and that kind of a moment of startle, oh yeah, I'm awake. And, and then you're just in the, in the rhythm, the easy rhythm of being wakeful. So if you have that kind of moment of... Uh, it could even be helpful, you know, in terms of uh, highlighting the difference for you in that moment of having been asleep, you know, in a dreamlike state of not knowing, and it illuminates that difference between that state and what it means to be wakeful. So especially if it doesn't, you know, if it is just in that moment, I would just let it be there. The comment in question was that often uh, he'll notice the intention to do something, but then the intention doesn't meet the subsequent activities, like intending to stay with the breath, and then finding that the mind doesn't stay with the breath. And so the question was whether it's... It's what? (laughs) Right, let the intention come and go, Right, so the question is whether it's uh, useful to just let that intention come and go and let whatever follow follows, or to keep focusing on the intention a certain, in a certain way to help meet what the intention is. Um, first, I think it's helpful to uh, recognize that there are different... you say flavors of intention or arenas of intention. So for example, I see it somewhat different, almost the mechanical energetic process. There's a volition or intention to move, and that's the welling up of energy which initiates the movement. And so that's just happened on a very energetic level. It's what's needed for the body to move. That seems to have a different flavor than the intention, for example, we could almost call it an aspiration or, okay, I'm going to stay with the breath. In the first example, and that's in the first kind of intention, that's where I would practice, particularly in these next days, 
because it's very obvious. You know, it's kind of the, you could say it's a gross uh, manifestation of intention. Intention to reach, reaching. Intending to turn, turning. Right? So even that is quite subtle, to catch that about to moment, but it's fairly obvious. The intention to stay with the breath, for example, in the sitting, You know, I'm not really sure how that connects because it involves a lot of other mental factors. For example, I think Steve talked the other day about uh, vitaka and vichara, which is that connecting with the object and then the sustaining of the attention. Uh, so in some way that seems more what you're talking about in terms of staying with the breath than the intention. It's that movement of the mind to meet the beginning of the object and then the staying of it. We could have the intention to strengthen vitaka and vichara. You know, so that's in the mind. And in one way, that's what the practice is. It's just remembering to do that again and again. So this I mean, <laughs> one of the reasons that I uh-huh. noticed the intention to lift my foot, right. my foot and walk with it, and then I fell off balance on my mouth. And so there's a, there's a, right. the moments don't leave that intention. Um, right. And what came up for me in the sitting as we talked was, was getting in this, in touch with the intention to breathe, the intention to be with, Right. I think that it's uh, <laughs> I think it's complicating it too much and perhaps not for you but for me <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to try to give an example kind of in my mind I think of what you're saying but on a, on a, a very simple level and let's see if it connects one thing I've noticed in investigating intention For example, I could notice the intention to start walking. And I'll notice the intention, and the body doesn't move. And then the intention will come again, and the body doesn't move. And I could be watching this process, so I'm watching the intention arise and pass away. (laughs) Come on. And then at a certain point, something happens, you know, and the intention is there and it initiates the movement. 
Well, that's just interesting to me, to, to watch, to see what's the added element or what's that added quality which actually affects uh, the intention. Right? So I think that's somewhat about what you're asking, but on a very, on a very simple level, not on, not on the bigger question of life and death. And I think probably it's in that very simple uh, exercise that you'll begin to uncover the answer to that question. You know, of what is the relationship of the intention to what follows from it. But rather than, rather than try to uh, understand it philosophically, because it gets, pretty, it gets pretty complicated when you're trying to work out all of these different mental factors and how they work together. You know, but just in the simplicity of your experience, to actually note the intention arising, passing, arising, passing, arising, passing, and then something else happens and the movement occurs. Okay, can you be there for that, whatever that is? Right, so you, you begin to get a sense of it experientially. You know, it kind of works the other way too with or, or another flavor of that is in the spirit of renunciation and the working of desire. And it's just so, desire is so tricky. You know, you can have a little desire in the mind for a cup of tea. And you just see it, you know, the intention to go and you don't do it. Desire rises, desire, desire, don't do it. Desire, desire, don't do it. Desire, desire, I don't need it. Desire and desire, cup of tea. <laughs> it's just so amazing to watch the mind. It's just, it's just waiting for that little chink in the mindfulness to slip right through. So all of that is about intention as well, you know, and just it can be so quick, uh, and it is helpful to have both this interest in investigation and also a sense of humor about it. You know, just, we're watching the vagaries of our minds and, you know, the, the deeply conditioned patterns. Uh, and with mindfulness, there's, there's more of an opportunity to actually make wise choices, even though we don't always, you know, but there's more of a chance. Okay, we need to uh, go for the interviews. Have a mindful day. <laughs> Just uh, one, one reminder, which has been said often. Keep in mind that everything we do throughout the day is of equal value. You know, so getting up and leaving the hall is as much the meditation as sitting in the hall. You know, and I think the attention to intention, intention, can really help bring that refinement of awareness in a light way, not in a grim way, but really keeping that continuity throughout the whole day. And that really helps the practice a lot. Now, there aren't so many leaks. Uh, so hold it lightly, but with, with a kind of uh, commitment. Thank you for listening. 
To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.